0: Mention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and non conformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you
1: is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Hello, folks. Listen, I just want to have a brief introduction to Max and people like Max, uh, David Icke and others. They do have a a way of connecting dots and allowing you to step back and see what's really going on in the story behind the story. For instance, I I publish a magazine, The Lotus Guide, and I'm hesitant to say anything in it like all lives matter because it's been politicized and all lives do matter. And this is part of the game, part of what they're setting up, them being the elites, the people behind the banks and the World organizations, they want to keep us divided by saying black lives matter, and they do matter, but the moment you identify with a movement or even identify with your race, you're missing the point. This is a class war, a war against the rest of us, the, the mass of people. It doesn't matter if we're black or white, and, and I'm sure that the black people, they have a point here and it needs to be acknowledged and dealt with. But we have to be careful not to get divided and pitted against each other. There's poor people that are black, poor people that are white. Uh, This is a war against all of us. And if we keep on letting ourselves be divided and make these political uh, statements, I mean, follow the money, just God, follow the money who do you think is financing Antifa and Black Lives Matter? I don't have time to really catch you up on that, but uh, just do your own research. Maybe go to londonreal.tv and watch the David Icke interviews. I interviewed David a few years ago, and, you know, the one thing that he told me that really stands out, he said that, you know, always remember this, nothing is what it appears to be, and it's really turned out to be true over the years. So let's listen to Max right now, and I really hope you enjoy this interview, and listen to some of Max's other interviews, because they are really acknowledging the fact that something is not right about what's going on with COVID-19. What it is, I don't know. Am I being careful? Yeah, I'm being careful. I'm not wearing a mask or anything, but the reason I'm being careful isn't because I even think it's real, but it's because I know these moronic psychopaths that are behind the scenes. It would be just like them to lace something in to the code of the RNA that would come back to haunt us later. I mean, read Dean Kuntz, um Out of the Shadows. You'll see that this book was written many years ago and so- talks about exactly what's going on right now. So let's... Uh, Let's see what Max has to say, and thanks again for joining in. All right, this evening we're going to be interviewing Max Egan, and you can contact Max through his website, thecrowhouse.com, and you can watch a lot of other really great interviews, like with Andrew Kaufman, who really lays out this coronavirus pretty clearly. And uh, I first became aware of you, Max, when I watched the uh, Transformation documentary. And I have to tell you, that took me down a path that was really uncomfortable to transhumanism and AI, and it opened up a whole other realm that was, I did not want to go there at first. But like most things, the more you learn about it, the easier it gets. But I think today, as far as this uh, coronavirus goes, I don't know if you're like me, I'm getting so tired of talking about the COVID-19 thing, so maybe we can talk about it indirectly because the way I see it, there's a story behind this story and it goes something like this. For about 6,000 years, probably a lot more, there have been two basic models of civilization on this planet and they've been colliding, they've been in conflict and the first model is A lot of normal, normal people wanting to live their lives, be normal and just live out their lives in peace and love and harmony. Then you have the other model that's been the elites, the monarchies, religious organizations, certain bloodlines. Oftentimes they claim their right by divine right and they've dominated the masses through a continual centralization of power, which is where we're at today. It's only a few people at the top but what has changed is the information age because how they've worked they've worked behind a cloak of secrecy just like the old man in the wizard of oz everybody was scared until they pulled back the curtain now we're pulling back the curtain and we're finding out that the people that's been leading us down this path are just psychopaths sociopaths pedophiles that the very kinds of people that you would not even want to have over for dinner, let alone watch your kids. so this has been the basis of almost all the conflict on this planet, and i th- I think it's time that we really start waking people up to this and start seeing that we have reached a pivotal point now where before these two models could live could live simultaneously because the, the elites, the monarchies, who, whoever they were at the time, they were keeping everything secret, secret societies. and But now we have the internet, and everybody's waking up to this. And for the first time on this planet, these two models cannot coexist. They know it, and we know it. So this is a window of opportunity, and they know if if they're going to do anything, it has to be now. Otherwise, they're going to lose big time, and we're going to win. So, what do you think about that part first?
0: yeah, I, I agree. I mean it's it's time people stood up for themselves. It really is, and there is a huge wave of awareness growing, which is a lot of you know what these protests are about that we're seeing everywhere. But again, a lot of these protests have been co-opted. You know they you know when we start doing this when we start pushing back, there's always groups that come in and infiltrate and lead them in a direction where you know, where the elites want to want to lead it. It's kind of like a game of chess, you know. Now, we've had these popular uprisings before, if you look through history, and they've always given more power to the elite because they've always been infiltrated and led. <clears throat> and at the moment, you've got uh, the mainstream media um, in many ways supporting the protests. They're, they're speaking out about them in many ways, but they're also supporting them in many ways, and it, it's, it's kind of a game of cat and mouse. It's a game of chess. You know an interesting concept and on what you were saying before about you know how for six thousand years there's been two groups of people. We just want to live in peace, and the other guys have been working to enslave us the whole time. Just as an interesting side note, I was recently sent a book by a, a listener of my show. And I've I've um, often thought about this world, uh, the nature of reality and, and what it's really all about and, you know, the, the whole uh, concept of the holographic universe and all that sort of thing. And this book was sent to me and he's speaking about the same thing. And he's basically said in this book, and the guy's name is Anthony White, by the way, and the book is called... S- simulation of consciousness instruction manual interesting concept yeah. and what he basically alludes to in the book and i haven't read it yet but i've uh, had a, a couple of uh dialogues with the guy well he sent me a couple of dialogues anyway and um what he's saying is there's basically two teams here that, that ultimately we all come from infinite consciousness we all come from source come from god whatever we we come from a place of infinite love and we come here to this this holographic construct of duality in order to experience duality and we come here and we have battles and we do all sorts of stuff and you can see the remnants of the games that we've played before in all the ruins and monuments everywhere and when we came down this time we decided that we one team decided we just wanted to be you know live in peace and be angels and live in this this paradise garden of eden sort of concept but the other team they want to fight they want to keep fighting they want to keep playing the game and they're just going to keep pushing us until we fight back and it's got to the point that we we have to fight back we have to start pushing back and the fight doesn't have to be a physical fight it doesn't have to be you know blood and guns and bullets and all of that sort of stuff although you know one team's got a lot of them now you know it's really it's really a consciousness thing you know it's how much will we allow ourselves to be pushed until we push back and that's the opportunity that this is providing for us and even if we're not going to push back to at least stop being pushed you know so to, to reconnect with what it means to be to be humans and to reconnect with communities. So, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities that are, are unfolding through this, this crisis that is also unfolding. But there's there's other things as well, like there's the coming food shortage that a lot of people aren't really taking into account through all of this as well. Through all the destruction and all the stuff that's going on with the riots and, you know, the... Um, talk of defunding the police. They're talking about defunding the police in Minneapolis. Apparently there's been huge protests in Seattle as well where there's been thousands of people uh, big protest march calling for the defunding of the police in Seattle and this is also being pushed by an ex Congresswoman. So, you know, you've got to wonder where it's all going you now I'm reminded of a quote by Henry Kissinger when he said that uh, Today, the uh, people of America would be horrified to see UN troops in LA, but tomorrow they'll be grateful, and it makes me wonder about that. George Floyd's lawyer and I believe his family also called for uh, UN intervention to uh, disarm the police because the police are so violent. You know, and I'm no fan of the police. I mean, nobody likes the police. These people are violent. They're They're, you know, basically a criminal gang. But by the same token, when you have government sources now openly pushing these conflicts to make the police and widen that gap and push the people to really hate them and with the, with the aim of defunding them and getting them out of the and bringing in the UN, it sort of makes a lot of sense. And we often said to the uh, police, you know, all, all the time you're brutalizing the people, you take your uniforms off and you're going to be standing with us. Well, that time might well be coming where they're going to be all dethroned and deuniformed, and they're going to be standing with the people, that maybe UN troops that will be on the streets. You know, because there's a lot more to this than, than what people um, are looking at. With all the Black Lives Matter, it's terrible that someone would be killed the way George Floyd died. There's even talk debate of whether he died. I mean, either way, it's, it's terrible the brutality people suffer from the hands of the police, and I'm the first to admit that. But with what's going on, you know, all this distraction with the flooding of the economy, the, the stimulus packages, the the, the level that, that Trump and the Federal Reserve has pumped into the economy in fiat currency, this is gonna to lead to hyperinflation. You've had massive amounts of uh, um, loss to the uh, food chain. Massive amounts of food has been destroyed, meats works have been closed down. Just as things were starting to reopen again, you have all these riots which continue this whole scenario um, a lot of these places that the food would have been delivered to are going to be dangerous areas, and you're not <laughs> going to want to have food trucks going into the centre of Minneapolis, for example. So there's a lot down the track that we're going to see from this. Around about September, I think things are really, you know, the picture is going to become clear because this is, you know, anything but over yet. It's it's just the beginning. You know what they've what they've set in motion through this. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think half of it is out of desperation, and half of it is, um, yeah, it's a a means of of depopulation. Another thing I look at this when I think of uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, I look at the um, cultural revolution that happened in China. You think about the Red Guard, the Chinese Red Guard, where they threw out all the old ways, that was the purpose, pulled down all the statues, all the stuff we're seeing Antifa and Black Lives Matter do now pull down all the old structures, pull down all the old history, erase all the old ways, under the guise of bringing in freedom. But really it's, it's not. You're actually uh, doing exactly what the government wants you to do. And it's exactly what uh, the Red Army did or the Red Guard did in China. And uh, it happened in Turkey as well when the, um, the Turkish um, rose up against the Armenians in Turkey. I mean, it was, there was, this has been done time and time again, these type of cultural revolutions, and they've always just been done to um, lead the people back into um, more enslavement to government. So we've got to be careful about where we're being led with all this. You know, It's shifted focus from COVID-19, flipped it over to a racial issue. People should have been protesting the fascism, protesting the lockdown and protesting the fact that none of the figures add up. All this whole COVID virus is a complete scam. There's no way this is a worldwide pandemic. You know, they implemented this in order to create this set of dominoes that they're now knocking over now. And it's important that people see how all this is is contrived and scripted. It really is. But it's an important time. And you're right, it is a huge opportunity if we can just get the right information out to people. Now, unfortunately, you try to talk about it, all of the Antifa supporters and the Black Lives Matter supporters, they've got, got a tunnel vision. And if you even try to suggest it and they're being manipulated, they call you a racist, you know, it's because you're not supporting Black Lives Matter. Well, the fact is that all lives matter and all people are subject to brutality from the state. It's when it's, you know, everything, the media, the governments, everything is making it a racial issue. Well, why would they want to do that? What are they shifting your attention from? Because they're always shifting your attention, and it's important that people, you know, look at it that way and look at the bigger picture. <clears throat>
1: You know, it's really too bad because this thing with uh, George Floyd was probably the first unifying thing that happened that we could have really used to bring people together. And with Antifa coming in and just destroying that window of opportunity, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just really, really sad to see how we're constantly divided on this planet from one another. And if we could just wake up And sometimes I think that that's going to be maybe the only thing that will actually in the end save us, is a complete global planetary transformation of consciousness. But man, what what would it take for that to happen? The only thing I can think of is what we're doing right now, is constantly telling people, look, wake up, see what's going on, because what's going on... I remember I, I had dinner with David Icke one time, and I asked him, David what should i always remember when i'm doing research he says always always remember this nothing that you've ever been told by your parents your teachers professors priests preachers none of it is true start from there then go out and start trying to validate little pieces of information and then even see if they fit together all right because i tell you at this i'm seven going on 72 and everything i've been told pretty much most of my life has ended up either being misleading or completely wrong
0: yeah well that that's the way it goes i mean i, I put out a film or a, a radio show a couple of years ago called everything is a lie and boy did i ought to get some flack from that one but uh that's just what i was trying to tell people everything is a lie and, and most of what people are presenting in the truth movement so-called truth movement they it's they're simply looking at what they've looked at and then they're saying this is the truth because it, it backs up my belief system. You've got a, lot, a whole bunch of people arguing over their belief systems and the fact is that nobody really knows what's going on here you know, and mm-hmm. nobody really wants to admit that. And when you suggest that to people, they get terribly offended by it. you know, and I've been researching this sort of stuff my whole life. And I often say to people that it's got to the point that I can prove anything you want to believe is true, because all the information's out. So as much as we've got a lot of good information on the internet, we've got a lot of conflicting information as well, but it all sounds feasible. And, and you know, you tell me who you want to blame. You tell me whether, who you want to point the finger at and give me a couple of days and I'll prepare a slideshow and a presentation to convince you that you're correct. But that doesn't make any of it true. You know, all the information is to be put there for a reason. And you begin to see that all of these different societies that you want to point the finger at, well the reason you can do that is because they're all working together and half the time they don't even know it because above that there's another organization or another group of minds, another group of people, you know. But ultimately if you want to get to it, you know, we're doing it to ourselves through our, our loss of self. That's the real problem. That's the whole problem. And you know, how do you get this information out to people is the, is the hard part. You know, how do you actually get the message out to people without them being stuck in the group think that they're in? You know, organizations such as Antifa, which is a horribly fascist organization, which is apparently against fascism. And yet, it, if you disagree with them, they will absolutely attack you and slam you down. It's an incredibly fascist thing to do. So, you know, people, people don't realize how easily they are being led. And that's that's the problem. I mean, Yeah, doing shows like this and just discussing it, hoping people are prepared to see a different perspective and just sort of offer it for humble consideration. You know, so um, that's that's what we need to do. Yeah,
1: a few years ago, I, I wrote a book called To Believe or Not to Believe the Social and Neurological Consequences of Belief Systems. And in that book, I started interviewing people like Bruce Lipton Andrew Newberg, you know, neuroscientists. And I I started realizing real quickly that whatever it is you hold in your mind to believe eventually goes in this pile of rubbish called truth. And your whole world at that point, if you're ego based, is about confirmation bias. You just set out into the world to prove yourself right at any cost you don't even care about the truth at a certain point. And that's the problem I have with with so many people, even in close associates and friends. I can see if I tell them something that is in conflict with a previously held belief, I've tested this. I'll tell them a, a little body of information, come back in a couple of weeks and bring it up again and realize that their mind could not hang on to that information. Some of them totally forgot about the conversation, and the ones that remembered had distorted it, warped it, and sort of fitted it into their little compartments so it would not be too much of a conflict. The cognitive dissonance, I don't think people realize that their minds cannot hold two opposing beliefs and for me, that's the, my world started opening up when I started dismantling my beliefs, completely dismantling, whether they're true or false. I didn't even care, you know. And at that point, it, it sort of opened up my vision to a whole nother world. And then I could listen to people like you and to David Icke and even to some of the preachers and everything. I could sort of glean what they were actually saying, even though they might not have known that that's what they were saying.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I've often said that belief is the enemy of knowledge. You've got to be careful what you believe. And I've often also said that the, the entire concept of the truth movement is a loaded term because the truth is that no one knows what the truth is. That's the truth. It's, it's <laughs> belief systems that people are yeah. arguing over. It should be the freedom movement because what we need to do is establish the freedom freedom enough to find out what the truth is, you know, and we're not going to do that if we allow ourselves to be pushed and corralled by things that people write on paper, you know. I mean, all these people, are, like you said, they're, they're, they're criminals, they're pedophiles, they're sociopaths, they're psychopaths. Why do we, you know, we, we have all this information come out there and we think, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll plead with them, we'll ask them nicely, can, they, can we please have looser shackles? You know, it's ridiculous, you know, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that they're psychopaths. I mean, look at people like Madeleine Albright when, you know, when they were bombing Iraq or all the, the sanctions on Iraq, you know, 500, 500,000 children dead. And they said, Oh, well, do you think it's worth it? And she said, yeah, yeah, we think it's worth it. I mean, how do you do that? How do you order the carpet bombing of another country and put in sanctions on a country that is going to cause the death of 500,000 children? And it didn't do anything didn't do it, anything at all. They never overthrew the government, none of, none of it worked. None of the sanctions they put on any countries have ever worked. And all they do is create absolute um, suffering for the man on the street under the guise of, of pretending to you know make things better, and they say it's worth it. How can you ever look at these people and think that they have the best interest of anybody at heart? You know, if they are gonna do that to people over there, what do you think they're prepared to do to you? yeah you know, people people don't understand you know how governments think and they need to realize that you know it it's up to us to just stop complying with this you know and that that's the frustrating part but um yeah i, I don't think there'll ever be any political remedy in this i think the whole thing is like I said, it's it's a loss of self. It's when we we rediscover what it means to be human. And you don't need to go out and march out in the street and do all these things. All you need to do is occupy yourself and start being a good human being in all that you do and the world will change. It's pretty simple, you know, but everyone's looking for an external thing, something to go and hate. What is that? You know, I mean, sure, we all we hate br- police brutality. We, we hate what the government's doing. We don't like this system. So why do we go along with it? You're not going to solve anything by going out and, and smashing up inanimate objects and burning cars and smashing windows and doing all these things that Antifa and all like, organizations like this are encouraging you to do, pulling down statues of past history under the, the pretext that it, it represents slavery or something. How do you even know that's what the history was? You read it in a book somewhere. How do you know you weren't there? You know, I don't believe anything that they've told us in regard to history. I don't believe anything they tell us in regard to anything. And I think that there's a far better way to deal with this than having um, violent protests and, and going out there and pointing the finger at the system. Simply disconnect from it, become a human being again, and the whole thing goes away. You know, it's so simple that people can't see the forest with the trees. That's a problem. You know, you know
1: as I'm sitting here looking at you, I, I think one of the things people like you and I have to keep in mind that there are people out there like George Soros I, I was watching an interview he did years ago and the interviewer was asking him about his early childhood and he said well when i was 14 uh you know when the nazis were rounding up all the jews he said i i pretended like i was a christian and then i i fell in with a christian group that went around collecting all of the jewish wealth you know everything that they had they were scooping it up And the interviewer asked him, uh, well, didn't you feel a little strange about doing something like that? And I'll never forget the look on George Soros's face. He just looked at him and went, uh, no. Like, what a stupid question. Of course, I didn't feel strange about that. Then he said, if I didn't do it, somebody else would. And herein lies the problem. These people genetically, I don't think they have. It's not that they don't want to feel they can't feel compassion and they can't feel empathy so that allows them to rise to levels that we would never even think about going to because it it takes a lot of negativity and a lot of destruction to get to where they're at and i don't know about you but i don't want to be a politician i don't want to tell a bunch of people what to do when to do it where to go I don't want that. And most good people that want to live out their lives don't really want to be politicians. But now we've reached a point to where I think we're going to have to have some good people get involved in this and start making decisions because we've let too many of these people for too long take the reins and lead us down this pathway.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the mind of a psychopath, the mind of a sociopath. They have no empathy. You know, they don't. It isn't. You know, it's like like some kids. You know, sitting there pulling the the the, the wings off a off a fly or something, or the legs off a spider, you know, just not even thinking about it, just doing it, just to right. see what it, what it, what the spider looks like. You know, so. It's it's not that they they uh, maliciously go out and think well who can I hurt today it's it's, it's fun to them it's it's just it's just the way they are and they don't think about it they don't think about human consequence you know so it's important to factor that in you know when you when you're dealing with these people and and trying to Reason with politicians. I mean look at the political arena who who would want to be a politician who would want to be put in in that position? Where you're in charge of a country terrible stressful terribly stressful job No, one would want to do it And these guys climb over each other and they badmouth each other and they horrible things They say about each other they claw their way to that position of power because they really really want it You know because they want to control people you know no one who actually wants to be the president No one actually wants to be a politician. is suitable for the job. It's as simple as that because no one would want to do that. No one of any, any empathy would want to have a job like that, where they've got to look at the amount of suffering in the community and try to heal that. That'd be a terribly, terribly stressful job to do, especially if you're dealing with the system. The only way you'd do it would be by being a um, you know benevolent dictator, so you could actually go in there and just say, well, this is what's happening, and just fix everything, you know. But you'd have to. Where are you going to find the right person to do that? Because you put them in the position of that ultimate power. And, you know, they say, you know, power corrupts and ultimate power corrupts ultimately, but really it isn't that at all. It's that power co- attracts the easily corruptible. No one who's, who's corruptible actually wants the power. That's the thing, you know. So, so that's where it comes down to the point where we, we don't need a leader. We need to lead ourselves. But but until you can realize this and realize what this dichotomy is and and realize that we're in an abusive relationship, it's like any, you know, we're married to the government and they're beating the hell out of us all the time. They just do it. And we keep coming back for more. You know, we've got to realize what's happening here and realize that they have no empathy and there is no political solution. You know, it's our choice to go along with all of this. You know, it's our choice to be part of this abusive relationship. So, you know, how how long will we allow ourselves to be pushed? And when we push back, you know, to push back in the right way, and like I said, I don't think these violent protests are are doing anything. I mean, it's good to march and it's good to show solidarity and and good on the people that are out there with the right intentions. But don't let yourself be co-opted by these organizations and these groups that are going to go out there and want to just destroy stuff because that doesn't help anything. It just destroys the infrastructure around you, turns the place into a, an uninhabitable zone. You know, you're basically turning your, your cities into the third world when you're being involved in this sort of stuff. And it, it takes a long time for these places to ever be repaired just start burning shops down and burning buildings down and smashing things they just get boarded up they become ghost towns they become places you don't want to live in and so the food stop uh, trucks stop running and they just become dangerous areas you know we're doing this to ourselves and again when you look down the track where it's leading in September you know by the time September comes you know if there's no police if they don't bring in the UN and there is no police as corrupt and violent as they are. If there's no real government infrastructure, if the food trucks stop running, I mean, you're going to end up in like Mad Max world in the United States if people push it that way. But again, even with a lot of the stuff we're seeing, I think a lot of it is um, it's pockets of riots and pockets of um, conflict. I don't think all of Minneapolis was like that. I think it's just one little area, even with what's going on in LA, I think it's just you know, small areas that this is happening. And the media blows it up, blows it out of proportion so they can start defunding majorly large areas. They're talking about pulling massive amount of funding from the LA police force and, like I said, in Seattle as well. So, you know, we'll see it spread out across the country. And they only, you know, they only need little pockets to do this. And then the media can blow it up out of proportion and tell you the whole city's on fire. Most of the people just stay home and cower and believe it's happening. They don't want to look out their windows to see you know, so, you know, they can play it any way they want. So it's important to see what's going on. But I think America is being set up for a major fall. America is the real prize in what's what's going on with this because America was the only country that could really fight back against this system. I don't think things will get so bad here in Australia. I mean, I'm expecting them to say there's a second wave. Probably, I don't know whether it will be right around the world, but certainly in a lot of Western countries, they're going to say there's a second wave around about September they might not get away with it everywhere, but certainly I think they will get away with it in Australia, the UK, the United States, and possibly New Zealand. New Zealand's pretty isolated, so they haven't opened their borders. They've opened the country right up, but they haven't opened their borders yet, so um, who knows how they're going to play it, but I'm, I'm expecting a second wave, and yeah, it's all it's all going to be contrived, but I think America is really being set up for this, I think a lot of the publicity we're seeing come out of the United States and out of out of Australia and the UK is being mainly directed at the mindset of the United States to keep this kind of just there in their minds, you know. So it'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out, brother.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of what's behind this and there's two different lines of thought on this too. They they obviously want to collapse the world financial systems. Why that is, is up for debate. It could be that they want to install another global digital system with the chip and everything. Then it would have complete control over us. But there's another side to this story. And there seems to be a huge amount of people working to reestablish another gold-backed global system. And this would also be the window of opportunity for them to really push their agenda forward but it's hard to say what's what because you you can't find one source that knows enough to tell you that you can really trust
0: well yeah even if it's a gold-backed system it's 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 not just the monetary system i mean as far as crashing the monetary system, why they want to do it, I mean money doesn't mean anything to them. Money money is a tool that is used to keep us under control, to keep us in a state of scarcity. Money is not wealth. Wealth is control. Wealth to them wealth is control. You know, wealth is land to, to us, I mean to me, wealth is 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 friendship, it's it's health, it's it's good company, it's it's you know, it's, it's the things in life. This is wealth. You know, the normal things that, that make life what it is. This to me, this is wealth. But, but money, the, the money system they've got, even if it's gold backed, you know, with what we're moving into with this whole smart grid that we're moving into, like in China now, you, you purchase stuff with your face. You know, there's no cash in China, I don't think. In many places, there's no cash. it may be still be cash in some places, but in most places in big cities, there's no cash anymore. And you don't even need a credit card. You don't need any chip or anything like that. It's all biometrics. And that's how you buy things is with you just scan your face and it automatically takes the the money out of your bank account so you know you don't need any type of currency at all and whether you know whether it's gold back to whatever that's just going to be whatever the the national economy is and what they're saying they've got sitting in there in their vaults like you know as far as the United States economy based on the gold that's in Fort Knox which probably isn't even there anymore there's a lot of speculation that was all stolen by the uh, by the Bush family it probably was but um you know when you start looking at it you see how farcical it all is you know the whole concept of currency and money and having to purchase anything it's all farcical it's only built on this model that, that needs to keep turning over so they can balance these numbers so they can have these these stock markets and all this stuff they do which is all completely irrelevant none of it exists in the real world so it it comes down to that You know, people are concerned of what the currency is going to be, whether it's going to be crypto, whether it's going to be gold-backed, whether it's going to be this, whether it's going to be that. The point is they want it digital, and they want – they don't need to chip you. And even if it's cryptocurrency, you could have all the Bitcoin. You could have a trillion dollars in Bitcoin. But if you pay for stuff with your face and you've been saying things that the government doesn't like and there's a little black mark against you and that face comes up on the machine and says, do not serve this person these goods – then what are you going to do? It doesn't matter whether it's a gold-backed currency. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you've got physical gold. You walk into a store, if, if if you purchase with your face, with your biometrics, it doesn't matter. Even if you take that physical gold to a gold bullion store and you sell it so that you've got money in your bank account so you can go and shop digitally, if it's done with biometrics and you've been saying the wrong thing, then you become an outcast. That's the way they're pushing it. This is what I was saying in Transf- in, in uh, Transformation in that film, you know, and I wasn't sure how they were going to lead us into it. And all of the, the concept of us being um, genetically modified from the inside out, I mean, all the nanotech that's in everything, there's all sorts of uh, ways they can do this and lead us into this, um, what Elon Musk calls this neural net where we're basically all hooked up, up. You start looking into DARPA hydrogel, which could be in the vaccines, which which is a type of gel which isn't rejected by your body, which will actually grow with your capillary, so it will grow in your body, and that's like an interface, you know, and uh, like they can use it like for a wireless connection, you know. You look at wi fi how they can actually do this through LED monitors, through LED lighting. They don't even need 5G for, for good, fast Wi-Fi. They can do that through LED lights, which most people have got in their homes already. So. You know, there's a whole other um, level to this that people aren't looking at. And when I put out that film, Transformation, which was like in, in 2010 or 2012, I put that film out, and people told me I was going right out on a limb with that film. It was sort of unbelievable, all this transhumanist stuff. Well, you look at where we are now, and we're past where I even said we were we were likely going in that film. You know, so, um, yeah, there's a lot more to unfold. Yeah, but there's, this is a level that people aren't looking at, didn't, you know, and they're – they're being distracted by all this concept of of these race wars and even COVID nineteen and even worrying about what type of currency it is. You know, it it won't matter whether it's whether it's gold backed, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's fiat currency. If you're paying with your biometrics, then that's that's the way. You can't even enter a store. You get scanned in China. You have got to show your your COVID ID and and. Show where you've been and, and all that sort of stuff and even to enter into a building to enter into a restaurant to do any of this stuff So if you've got a little red marker, well, they're not going to let you in, you know, and when you you're in there You're actually paying with your face So see, see now we're getting right back to the same thing again
1: I, I'm not too sure anything's going to work without a conscious transformation on this planet of, of people waking up to their own spirituality Like even sitting here looking at you using all this technology and everything you have a name I have a name you do what you do. I do what I do, but we can both recognize that we are infinite consciousness having this kind of manifestation in this biology and If everybody could recognize that we could start seeing each other as true spiritual beings but there's mm. so much against this right now. I, I'd mm. like to get your feedback on something while I'm thinking about it. And and I, I've i wondered about this, and it'd be interesting to see what you think. Why in this world do these people, the 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 range is too wide to try to pin it down to one person, but like the Catholic Church, why in this world would they name their telescope Lucifer? Why in this world would they call something HR6666? Why would they call the 2020 6 6 Why are they impregnating all this information knowing that it's going to feed into conspiracy theories?
0: Well, I think it, it helps with the duality as well. Uh, it, it helps with the inaction. It helps people sit there and wait for the inevitable. I think they do it on purpose. Absolutely, they do it oh, on yeah. purpose yeah, and when you look at Lucifer, the concept of Lucifer, as I, I, I did a show a couple of years ago called Giving Life to Lucifer. I don't know whether you, you listened to that one, but it was it was talking about the um, what happens when we go down that pathway looking for information, you know the the uh, metaphorical biting of the apple. It all leads to the internet. And what does what the, the word break down to? Um, Lucas is is light, and cipher is code. So the code that bears the light, you know, because Lucas Lucifer, Lucas is light, and Lucifer the bearer of light. What is light? Light is information. So, you know, calling a telescope um, uh, Lucifer, obviously looking at light. What what code are they? What code are they talking about? But I I look at the internet as the Lucifer system. You think about scrying mirrors and sigils. There's certain sigils you can use for summoning demons. When you look at electricity, no one knows really where it comes from. You talk to an electrician and ask him where electricity comes from, he can't tell you. It's just this thing that happens when you put this stuff together and move it in this way, electricity comes, you know. So what causes it? And when you look at the sigils that you use for summoning demons, they look like electrical circuitry. And so when you funnel this electricity through this type of circuitry and you attach a scrying mirror to it, which is a black mirror that you look into, which will tell you the future and the past and everything you want to know, they use them in witch covens and they put sigils around the wall and they think they're getting these messages. No, well, your computer screen or your cell phone is a black mirror and it has these sigils in it, which is electrical circuitry and you funnel this stuff through and it's… Eventually, we give all of our power over to artificial intelligence, which is is the Lucifer system. That's what it is. So, I mean, I think they're telling us, you know, and they're giving us all the clues we need to see what's coming. And it's all about stepping into your heart and and stepping away from all this, you know, no stake in the outcome of any of this, brother. Um, People people are so fearful of death that they're afraid to stand up for themselves. And yet the one thing that you're guaranteed to do in coming here is you're going to die. That's a given, you know, so how much are you prepared to put up with in order to avoid that was, that which is inevitable. Maybe it's about the energetic state you're in, you know, so I think maybe people should look at it that way, but I, I think they do all this to, to tell us it's, it's time for you to, to reclaim yourselves, you know, because if you don't, well, this is where we're going. We're telling you where it's going. It's all there in the book. You're going to let yeah, it go so there? Som- sit there and say, well, someone's going I'll- to come and save you. What if it's you who's supposed to come and save you? What if that's what he was telling you to exactly.
1: step into
0: that consciousness? You know, Because then yeah. you can free yourself like that. You now We could literally change the world in three seconds if there was an epiphany and everyone just went, oh, my God, I have value. I'm, I'm, I'm. Realise what they are. So if I finish every radio show with in like cash. I am another yourself. We are literally in reflections of each other. A single consciousness here experiencing this. You know how much, how much before you you, you recognise that and stand up for what you are. You know we could literally change the world in three seconds, brother. We really could if there was that type of an epiphany. Change the world in a day. I've said that right since the beginning, and this is an opportunity for that. But I think they put this there, so, I mean, it causes a lot of people to sit back in inaction and go, oh, look, we're going to be saved soon. All the signs are here. We're going to be saved soon. You know, it's, yeah. it's a script, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes wonder if there isn't a cosmic code, maybe, where it has to identify itself as it goes into the matrix. There, There is a deception there, but the deception It can even be jokingly done you know but to invite evil into your life you have to invite it in and to invite it in Mm. it has to identify itself and i think there's something here hidden from us uh where evil has to identify itself even if it's a joke or a metaphor or 6666 but it has to identify itself and it has to be that if it doesn't do that, it's breaking some kind of a code in this holographic matrix.
0: It certainly seems to be that way because they, they always tell us what they're doing. Always. Yeah. Always. And it's our compliance to that, our complete agreeance to it. I mean, how can they put out a bill like that with those numbers in it and have anyone comply with it? I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. And you had done... Melinda Gates on TV the other day with an upside down cross on a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've seen that. And, uh, yeah, and people say, "Oh no, it was mistaken for it was an upside down cross. It wasn't mistaken for it for anything." Doesn't matter what little design she had around it. It was an upside down cross, pretty clearly. You know, so yeah, you know, yeah, they they put it in your face, absolutely. They yep. put it in your face, and they do tell us. And you're right. I think it's a, it's a karmic thing. It's some sort of a universal code where they have to. You know, the question is, who, who are they? Um, yeah, I've often speculated we've been invaded. I speculate all sorts of things, you know, but then perhaps it's simply us. Perhaps it's simply us operating in duality, and this is what we came here to do. Um, it, and it, It's up to us to realize that so we, so we do stand up for ourselves so that we're not completely wiped out because we could change things. If we could just get a, a handle on ourselves, like I, I keep saying, and you know, I've been saying for 13 years on air, it's 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 a loss of self, folks. All you have to do is rediscover yourself, and it isn't even discovering yourself; it's rediscovering yourself. All you got to do is remember, remember who and what you are, and the yep. whole world would change. It, it's so frustratingly simple, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it, it it is simple, and in that simplicity, it goes over most people's heads. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that complain about there there is no justice in the world there's nothing i say there is but we just have to learn how to spell it it's just us once we can determine that it's just us it's up to us nobody's going to come out here and save us nobody's going to come down out of the clouds you know the government's not going to save us we have to step out and claim our power and the moment we do that things start to change and and i think probably you have experienced this because I can look at your environment. I I can tell you live simple and you live in a situation to where you can sort of look around your environment and make changes with your mind. You can do whatever you want to. And and you can see this in the microcosm of your life. I can see it in the microcosm of my life. I I live a really good life. Very little worries or concern about the COVID-19. And I I come down to the town and everybody's got masks on and worried and paranoid. They're getting too close to you. And I'm just, I feel like I'm on a different planet sometime. But if, if I would take that to my, I live in the middle of a a huge forest. And if I would take that to my piece of land and start uh, expanding that out, I guarantee you that little microcosm would change into something totally unidentifiable that it is right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And, and I love living in nature. I, I've, I haven't lived in town for a really, really long time. I find it very difficult. I don't think I could live in town. I couldn't live in an apartment or, or anything. like. If I had to move out of where I am, I'd probably go and just build a little cabin somewhere in the woods, you know, and live without electricity or internet or anything because I just don't think I could, I could handle that, that, that energy of of the place you know so yeah i mean it's important for people to to do that and if you're stressed and if you can't handle things even just find a piece of dirt find a piece of grass somewhere and just take your shoes off and just just walk and ground yourself in the earth you know it it really does help it's difficult to find anywhere like that sometimes in big cities but you know it it does help if you can do things like that so um, yeah, you kind of take it for granted. you know. It's a paradisical place that I live here. I mean, I don't own this place where I live. Someone provided this space for me, and uh, I've, I've got this shed that I live in, and they've told me that I can have it for as long as I want. I can live here for the rest of my life. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful gift, someone who just totally supports what I do, and a wonderful, wonderful person, very artistic person, which is why the place is so great and um yeah i kind of take it for granted you know how how important nature is and how important it is for people to ground themselves but you know through this when I mean, through the whole experience of being on air and doing all the stuff that I've done what i've really been doing through the whole thing is just encouraging people to ask questions and to you know find themselves through that path now, i'm a firm believer that the the truth can never be told to people. You can't tell them the truth; they won't listen. The real truth needs to be realised. It won't be told, and you you need to encourage people to ask the right questions so they can decide whether they want to go through that doorway and discover those truths for themselves. Because you know, once you start looking into the blackness, it's pretty dark. So you got to you got to provide people with the kind of um, opportunities that they need to discover the truth, should they wish to do so. But at the same token, you can't be so concerned with with waking up everybody because a lot of people simply won't wake up, you know, non-playing characters, whatever you want to call them. You know, a lot of people simply will just go through and we don't need them to wake up. And, And what people need to discover is themselves through the whole thing. Then. They'll find, you know, the truth is not so hard to bear and it's not so difficult to change the world should they simply wish to participate in what it means to be human. And, I, you know, this may sound really esoteric to people, but I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, you know, because "Oh, can you be a little clearer? And I, I just don't know how else to explain it. You know, we have these moments in life where we just have these epiphanies and, and you realize what it actually means to be here and what it means to be a human being. And and to be able to see that in others and understand the problems that they have are usually stuff that's you know belief systems and stuff that's it's completely irrelevant and insignificant to their lives really most of the stuff that people stress about you know helping them find that by encouraging them to ask the right questions I mean that's what I've done through all the years that I've been on air and. In, in many ways, I've been very successful. I mean, a lot of people, I've got a lot of emails from people saying, look, hey, yeah, I get it now, and they've changed their lives. And I know people have gone on to do incredible things from, from just changing their perspective, and that's how easy it is to change the world. You know, simply change your perspective of what the world is and of what you are, and, you know, I don't know how else to change it, but, you know, to look within have no stake in the outcome, realize this is a temporary experience. And if it is a holographic world, if it is this whole projection of consciousness just here to experience duality as said in that book sent to me by Anthony White as suggested in that book, then how can you really judge right or wrong anyway? How can it be possible for anything really to be harmed if nothing really exists, if it's simply a single consciousness here? you know projection to experience duality how can yeah be? see
1: see and, and what you're saying right now that that is for me it's a fact you know and, mm. and pe- people ask me you know what is your purpose what what are you doing and i say well if i could boil it down to a couple of things one would be i, I just want to weaponize people's thinking I, I don't care if they what they think about i just want them to get them to think again and think with facts so they can go out into the world with those facts and start dismantling some of the bullshit and if I can do that and these are the fence sitters I think you know this and I know this the, the the choir we could preach to the choir all day and that's entertaining and that's really cool because they all always agree with us and the people on the other side of the fence You're never going to get them to climb up the fence, over the fence and jump. But the people sitting on the fence, if you can take what we're talking about and keep it in a, oh, a believable, valid kind of a concept, which is probably why I'm not bringing up off planet beings right now. If you can keep it totally believable and and get them to come down off the fence, and then you can start talking the deeper stuff.
0: Well, yeah, you've got to talk to people in a language that they can you know, relate to. and You, know, you ought to understand people are in their belief system, so you can't be you know, giving them anything too far outside the box, too outlandish. Yeah, you start giving them some good information, and then you, you pollute it with something incredibly outlandish, and they turn away. They, they just dismiss everything you just told them. You've got to, like I said, encourage people to ask questions. You know, give them a half a cup and, and let them uh, have a drink of that, and then they'll come back and they'll ask you for another half a cup and give them another half a cup. And eventually they'll come back and they'll start telling you things. And then you can start expanding the conversation and lead them to certain areas that they they may be interested in. But, yeah, never turn on a fire hose. That's what we do. Someone shows a little bit of interest, and so we go, oh, my God, they're interested, and we just start gushing you know, right. And then they go, whoa, not going there. This guy's nuts. And they walk away. Yeah. That's, so, that's, you know, that's
1: good advice, Max. That's really good advice. Listen, yeah. we have about three minutes left. Uh, what is your thoughts on the second wave? Because let, let's face it, when, when this whole thing started, I was concerned because I know I wouldn't put it past these morons to put out a plague that would obliterate a billion people. But then real quick, like, you start learning what it is, and you go, oh, it's just another game they're playing. But I, I'm concerned about the second wave. It, it could be a something serious. What What do you think about that?
0: Well, it could be. It could be. that. You know, I mean, they've run out and they've put out all the 5G system. I mean, they put YG routers in all the schools, which means they've got the uh, – um, the the 6 gig, which is the terahertz waves, they can, and you can look at the studies on terahertz waves, they can induce flu-like symptoms and and respiratory problems and all that sort of stuff through terahertz waves. So there's that. There's the possibility that um, you know whatever has been in the test, that they've been sticking up people's noses as well. Uh, There could be something in that. Um, But also the fact that they've had people isolated, wearing masks, they've really got people's immune systems terribly compromised. Um, but we're going to be seeing you know, the food shortages and all sorts of stuff snowballing. There's going to be all sorts of dominoes that are going to be falling on top of each other by the end of September or by mid-September. You know, the food shortages, I think they, they will call something a second wave, but they don't even need to have a real second wave. They didn't have a real first wave. They don't need to have a second wave. It'll just be that the media will spin it and tell everyone and the government will freak out and bring in all these lockdowns and countries like Australia and New Zealand and the UK will all buy it. There may be some type of uh, pushback in the UK. I don't know whether there will be in this country. There may be. But, um, yeah, I mean – the way things are going with human consciousness, they might have forgotten all about it by then. They'll all be stuck in the in the famine crisis and all that, and they can just use the second wave mentality for these countries and tell us that that's what's destroying the United States when really it's the food shortages. I mean, who knows how they're going to play it? But I'm fully expecting something to happen in uh, in September, and there's there's all sorts of ways they could play it. I'm not going to really put it out there what I think the the way will be, but I think it will be a whole bunch of contributing factors, you know, such as the food shortage, media spin. Um, I think a lot of what happened in China was simply to cover up uh, a rounding up of dissidents as well. I don't think there was any outbreak in China at all. I think they probably staged most of that and, and had people acting it out in uh, some of those ghost cities they've got. How hard would it be to do? And then just round up all the dissidents in Wuhan and tell the world there was a pandemic. I mean... You can't get normal information out of China, how the hell are all those videos getting out suddenly of police brutality and all this stuff in China, I mean, come on, you well, can't even use you, Google or anything you know, in China. You know something,
1: Max, That and it could be the whole thing is just a cover for when they start ramping up 5G, because it could be. that's that's going to make us test like we have the virus, and they're going to say, well, it's just the virus coming back, when in reality they're covering up the 5G.
0: Could a- well, could dang! Absolutely
1: be. You know, you and I are going to have to do this again sometime when things settle down. I, I really enjoyed. The, I've been wanting to talk to you for years now, and this has been a real pleasure just to connect with you. And uh, My pleasure, we'll have bro. to do this uh, again.
0: Yeah, anytime, right. anytime.